welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Kirby Hosman, and I'm so excited to have a brand new guest. He's a brand new rock star for the program. He's VP of National Accounts at Blue Generation. He's in the sales department. We are all in the sales department, I believe. Michael Riesbaum, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Kirby, I'm so happy to be here. I've been such a fan of the podcast since it started, uh, I don't know, over 300 episodes ago, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's been something that I I know I look forward to every time a new episode comes out. And I'm just thrilled. I'm tickled to be part of it. And I'd love to share some time with you. Oh, man, thank you so much. So, you know, it's interesting. You had a conversation with my buddy, Bill Petrie. And Bill reached out to me after that conversation and said, you need to talk to Michael. And so I think that's sort of how we connected. And so I'm excited to dig in, man. So Kirby, first of all, the conversation with Bill that I had, uh -huh. uh, the lighting was significantly different <laughs> in that particular environment. Yeah, right. And the Different cocktails, the right? The beverage did not come out of one of these. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, if that same beverage came out one of those, you'd get yourself in serious problems. So I, I totally, yeah. that's yeah. that's fair. So it was a love fest. Yeah, I love it. Well, hey, I want to jump in because I want to get to know you a little bit. So um, first question I have for you is really about inspiration. I think all of us, especially if we're in the business world and gosh, if we lived through that last year, year and a half, we're constantly looking for sources of inspiration and motivation. So, you know, who are some people that inspire you to be better and like, how, how do they do that? So obviously, you know, it sounds so cliche and I mean, it literally seems like it's going to come off a Hallmark card. Um, but without a doubt, my wife and my children are my oh, biggest yeah. inspiration, obviously, uh, for some kind of organic reasons, like, I don't know, food and shelter <laughs> are two important kind of inspirations to most of us. Yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, and also, um, the success that my father uh, enjoyed has was a huge inspiration to me. My dad was a very successful um, wholesaler of apparel. Uh, when I was growing up, I'm, it, um, NAFTA kind of changed that trajectory a little bit, and I was very fearful of falling into that same trap. <clears throat> uh, but that uh, he set the bar pretty high yeah. uh, when I was a kid and coming up and uh, out of college, I was working for him. Uh, and that was that inspired me to become an entrepreneur, which I was for 23 years okay. as a distributor, decorator uh, for 23 years before I became a supplier rep. So okay. those are two giant sources of inspiration. Yeah. But really, Kirby, my clients, the people that I work with every day or every, I wish it was every day, but every month or every time they get a program or a project that works for me, that I find inspiring because I know how hard their job is and how difficult their day is right. and how distributors always feel like if I don't do well on this order, I'm not going to get another one. Yeah. yeah and I true. like that motivates me stay on top of my team here uh, and make sure that we deliver product joy mm, in addition to marketing joy. I mean, if every single order is like the last one that they think they're going to get, and I want to make sure it's not on my watch. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I love what you said. I, I don't think it's Hallmark card at all. I actually um, was just listening to a book recently where they were talking about finding your why is, is so important when you're going to go on a long journey about entrepreneurship. And they said that when they started interviewing people, the big aha moment was a lot of uh, flip the switch moment with entrepreneurs happened when they realized they were about to have a baby. Yeah. Like 
it, it, because all of a sudden yeah. it's like, okay, no more bullshit. Let's, let's get to work for real. And yeah. uh, so I, I, the idea that they would serve as inspiration for you, I think makes a ton of sense. So I actually became a distributor as a uh, full time, I should say, uh, as uh, my dad's company was going through some really difficult times uh, right after NAFTA. Mm. And we had in 1997, we had uh, my daughter, Anna, who's now mm. fantastic professional in her own right. Nice. Uh, so she came around to visit us in uh, on June 11th, 1997. And it's been, I mean, that's like, all right, you know, not kidding around anymore. Sell the motorcycle, start selling shirts. <laughs> Yeah. As a total side note, um, and, and just we're going down memory lane a little bit. So uh, funny story. I always tell people, you know, people get worked up about birthdays, right? Um, so oh, when I turned 30, I got freaked out. When I turned 40, I freaked out. I'm like, I, I don't get worked up about birthdays. I truly don't. The, I, and I always say the only birthday that ever freaked me out was my 24th birthday. And people are like, what was 24th? I'm like, I, I sat down at lunch with my wife and I got a birthday card. It said, happy birthday. I'm pregnant. And it was, that was the moment that I was like, okay, all right. I have to, I have to actually get to work here. So I totally, right. so totally I totally hear you. And in a similar vein, the only birthday that I got freaked out about was my daughter's first birthday, not her first birthday, her birth date. Oh, okay. So when, I mean, it was all like fun and games and, you know, playing house and whatever. It was great for uh, my wife and I were married for about 10 years before we had a kid. Mm -hmm. And then like, all right. So I, you already set the tone so I can say it. shit's getting real. <laughs> That's right. That's Stop, totally. Start putting money away. I love it. No. And, and again, I think that's fair. So I'm curious, like, I like to ask people like what they've struggled with. So I'm curious about what are some things that maybe you've struggled with, oh, or maybe God. even in the past you've struggled with and how you've overcome. First of all, I, I struggle with the fact that no matter how I've tried, I can't put a filter here <laughs> between this and this. <laughs> That's a struggle for me. That's, I, mean, this is like, I feel you, man. I, I, <laughs> a couple things have fallen out of here. I'm like, I wish I could bring that back. Yeah. No, it's so I, I struggle with that. And that kind of uh, morphs into uh, trying to stay in my lane. So mm. as an entrepreneur for 23 years, all the lanes were my lane, right? Every lane in the highway was my lane. <clears throat> and now that I'm a supplier rep, uh, VP now at Blue Generation, I there's some guardrails around what, projects I can take on yeah, and what are just not my job. Right. So 23 years, it was all my job. You know, people would come into my office with their hair on fire because they're out of toilet paper. That's my job. Right. But now my job is to sell more shirts yeah. and get the people that I work with to sell more shirts. And the way to do that is to become partners with our distributor clients, yeah. but staying in that lane and not getting in the way of the production VP and not getting in the way of the decoration team and finance is not my headache anymore. <laughs> Learning how to do that effectively yeah. is, has been a huge challenge for me and I'm not great at it, um, but I'm working that, on it. That's fair. That's fair. I think most entrepreneurs would, would totally identify with that. That's a, that's uh, I think, again, like you said, that was your, everything was your job. Now it's, I think in, in some ways that's gotta be freeing, but I, I do understand wanting to let go of it. I'm struggling. You know, it, it's interesting that you said it's free because I find it's, I know what, I know what I sound like. I find it so limiting sometimes. <laughs> like there's just some things I can't affect. Yeah, that's fair. No matter how much I, you know, want to Yeah. or see something that I'd love to change. Right. Yeah, it's not my job. That's fair. That's the other fair. thing that uh, I'm str I struggle with uh, is uh, New York City traffic. The commute's driving me nuts. <laughs> Irby is just, 
Yeah. Everyone's back on the road again. No one's taking the subway. Forget about Metro North or buses. Everyone's on the highway exactly when I'm on it. And I'm like, guys, can you just take a home day, work from home day? Yeah, well, I tell you, this is it's. I hear that, and I, I never get more excited than than when I hear those sort of things than to work from Coshocton, Ohio. It's this is a, that's those are not challenges I I run into. So I'm in Long Island City, New York, literally the next neighborhood from Peter Parker. Yeah, okay. it's, uh, it's two bridges. Yeah, okay. So well, that's fair. Not so much fun. So, what are some tips you give for growing? I, like, I, and I like I, as someone who's been an entrepreneur, now you're a VP of sales. You, you, you know, you need to grow both personally and professionally. So when people come to you, whether it's for mentoring or just tips, what are some tips you give them for trying to grow? So um, I want to make sure that I say this correctly. Okay. Accountability is so valuable. Yeah. Accountability separate, in my opinion, and obviously everything that I'm giving is my opinion. Right. Uh, when something goes wrong, if you raise your hand and say, I did that, my mistake, but have a solution to fix it. Right. That's the kind of advice that I would love to give people. Yeah. Be confident enough in your relationship uh, and your acumen that you're able to solve problems and accept the fact that mm. not everything's going to go right all the time. Look, yeah. we work in an industry where there's so many people touching this project from the time the client gets it my client gets it from their end user. Mm -hmm. So the time the guy opens the box and says, here's the stuff for the thing, there's like 60 hands in it. Yeah. It's not always gonna go perfectly. Yeah. So when it doesn't go perfectly on my end, I raise my hand in acknowledgement. I accept the fact that there's something that should have gone better. And I have a solution or try to have a solution to fix it. May not be a perfect solution, but I'm, yeah. I promise you I'm gonna have a solution. Yeah, I love that. Own it, learn from it, move on. I love that. I totally feel like we learn best from our failures mm, as yeah. opposed to our successes. So I read a really, I don't know, I thought it was a great article today about this kid who mowed a lawn and whatever. <laughs> Lawnmowers, I don't know, it was a little, it was a little more sugar now. But uh, so you learned so well from this experience you had that was success for you. It was a mm -hmm. huge success for you. You powered through it. The lawn was too high. The lawnmower was not functioning well enough for you, but you stuck to it and you learned that lesson from the guy calling your mom and saying, mm -hmm. Kirby did a great job and didn't give up. True. That's rare for me. <laughs> I learned best from the stuff I didn't do well. Oh, yeah. I know I never want to do that again. Yeah. Well, there's a actually a great book by Jocko Willick and Leif Barrick, I think, Barrick, uh, called Extreme Ownership. Garrett? He's back. Uh, Leaf Barrett. From the 70s? Yeah, no, this guy's a Navy SEAL. So, uh, oh, yeah, uh, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, totally different. But Jocko Willink and Leaf, it, it, I'm going to get his name wrong, but it's called Extreme Ownership. And it's the same concept, right? Like the, the idea of in the military, if anything goes wrong with a, with a, uh, with a mission, you know, you can blame all the things along, but it's yep. whoever put the, put it together, they have to take extreme right. ownership. And I think, yeah, you're, you're right, man. You learn a ton through that if, when you are willing to own it, right? Yeah, well, yes, I totally agree. And I also think that when you're accountable and transparent and honest, that provides, in my, I hope, my clients with a sense that I take this seriously, I care about their success, and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure it happens. Yeah. 
uh, with with your client and your team, right? I think well, it also. I, I certainly hope. I mean, yeah. that's kind of leading, hopefully, by example. Right. Another thing that I try to tell people, which is the exact opposite of what has just happened over the last twelve minutes, is to zip it and listen. <laughs> well, that's not the point of this, though. <laughs> Got it. Just. Yeah, that's yeah. What's the concept? Two ears, one mouth. Uh, yeah, I right. mean, that's for sure. But again, working on that one too. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Final question for you. Um, what are some mistakes that you see organization organizations making when they tell their story? I think, you know, it's, it, it, I have some thoughts on this, but I'm curious to know, you know, when you're working, whether it's with a distributor end user and they're trying to tell their story effectively, what are mistakes that you see them make and how do you think they could fix it? So again, I'm from my perspective, mm -hmm. uh, my goal is to let my distributor clients know that I understand, appreciate how challenging their job is. Mm -hmm. And my job is to help them make more money. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to promote my company. I'm here to make my distributors more successful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I try to, from a supplier perspective, it's, for me, it's more about making sure that they know that I'm gonna move heaven and earth to make sure this project is done correctly mm -hmm. on time and meets and exceeds their client's expectations. So uh, when I was a distributor, we also had a screen print shop and had a bunch of people working there and some would uh, come back from lunch a little bit differently than they went to lunch and <laughs> they'd be printing shirts and the guy would, you know, I would go out and inspect them and the guy would say, it's good enough. I'm like, it's not good enough. Yeah. Good enough, Kirby, isn't good enough. Great is good enough. Good enough is not good enough. And it shouldn't be for me. And I know it's not for my distributor clients. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a super good point. I think it is one of those challenges that we do fall into when we get consumed by the whirlwind. Because I think yep. that's what happens. Everybody goes in, you know, they create an organization, they go to they want to be excellent. Right. But sometimes the whirlwind gets in the way of that, right? And you just want to get it off your desk. Yeah. Well, don't just get it off your desk if it doesn't, if it's not. If it's not going to succeed, if it's not going to meet the goal or the expectation. Yeah, I love it. The other thing that I that I try to do, and I think that some companies or a lot of companies struggle with, the goal is to make it easy. In my opinion, the goal is to make it easy for my clients to work with me and my company. Right. Make it easy. Take the road bumps out. Mm -hmm. Take the potholes out. No tolls. Just make it easy to work with me. Yeah and work with my company. Now, there's, as we talked about before, there's so many hands that go into making every single order mm -hmm. that it's just impossible. But I do try to make it as efficient as possible. And I wanna be a duck, not only in my physique, which is the dad bought his king in my house, thank God. <laughs> so I don't mind paddling like hell under the water, right. but I wanna make it easy on top for my clients to, to work with. Yeah. I, we mentioned Bill earlier in there, but Bill Petrie talks a ton about friction and about removing friction for people. And and I think that that's, it's just, like that yeah, it's just really good advice. I always, one of my rules of business is I never get in the way of somebody who's trying to give me money. And it's like, it is amazing how many organizations exactly. get in the way, right? Like exactly I'm trying right. to give you money and you're, you're right. making it hard. So that's great advice. So man. there's one thing that might, I mean, my dad taught me a ton. A lot of the stuff he taught me not to do, but a couple things he <laughs> yeah. did. A couple of things he taught me to do, 
And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very similar to that. He said, it's, you know, whenever you're in a negotiation with someone and you get the answer you want to hear, shut up, shake their hand and walk the jersey out. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Michael, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You've, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy, but this was, God, this was really so fun. fast. Yeah. Well, I'm that's just the goal. Warmed up. <laughs> I haven't even had a meal. <laughs> well, we'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. I look forward to it, Kirby. Right, Thank well, you so much. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>